on this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. Matty D and myself preview week 14 in the NFL and the final regular season week of college football before the conference championships. We were supposed to get a guest picker this week, but we got not once, not twice, but thrice ditched by our guest pickers. In reality, life got in the way. We'll get them back on at some point, but this was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. We talk about all the key matchups, Carson Wentz getting benched, Christian McCaffrey being back and then gone, Ohio State. It's all crazy what's going on. We break it all down for you. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast or to the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Leave a nice five-star review. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderbox Sports on Instagram and the Bullpen Cart Podcast Group on Facebook is where you can be a part of the conversation. But enjoy this week's episode, everybody. Fly, Eagles, fly. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend himself, coming all the way from the construction zone that is his house, Mr. Matty D. How are you? Uh, I, you know, it's a whirlwind going on over here at the, at the, the Stefano abode, or as I like to call it, the wife likes to get mad at me, Deerfield Manor. <laughs> but we got uh, that heavy machinery in the backyard, getting a new patio and deck built for us, which we're very excited about. And wait, wait. we got some good. You told me you were building a podcast studio. What the hell? I uh, why did I write yeah, a well, check? Why did I write look, a check? I lied. I'm a, oh, well, God. look if you look at the fine print, if you look at the fine print, it does say it does say in very small lettering or a patio slash deck. So in my defense, you know, you just gotta read the fine print. Is there is there a minute? Do I get a quota of? Whiskey and cigars, at least. If you bring them. <laughs> BYO, BYO Casa de Matty D. BYO, yes. <laughs> bring my no, own I can't bring wait, dude. I can't wait to provide you with some. All right? Yes. Very Maybe a little humidor. Uh, congratulatory yes. re- right. present. I'm fine with that. Just, It'd be like the know, Simpsons where, 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 like where Homer buys Marge a bowling ball that he wants to use, and then Marge gets super right. into bowling. Like, I can just <laughs> imagine Melanie getting super into, like, cigars and whiskey and be like, well, you, you built it for this, so what am I going to exactly. do? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. So. Anyway, that's an uh, but yeah, it's, it's No, it's fine. No, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just uh, it's a lot, man. i got to tell you, it's just uh, I've never seen so much my yard is destroyed. So no football right now in the backyard for me. That's for sure. Yeah, we're getting a classic Pennsylvania weather. It snowed yesterday, recording this Thursday night, shortly before Thursday night football. Snowed on Wednesday. It was 45 degrees today, and it's supposed to be 60 degrees on Saturday. We uh, we may be playing golf, which uh, you know this is just Pennsylvania. It's wacky weather, and that's what it's like between Thanksgiving and basically Easter. All crazy um, stuff. And I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that weather. I like to pick a season, but I, I, sh- I, I say too. that we should I'm... be used to this by now, right? Though. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to get the uh, the harsh days. I have a feeling that we're in for a very uh, mean to say it nicely winter where we we've it's been pretty mild we haven't really gotten a ton of snow 
I have a feeling we're due to get dumped on at some point, like a mid January, maybe right around like February 1st, big snowstorm. Hopefully not as big as that one, like five years ago where we all lost power yeah. for two weeks. But, um, you know, I, I have a feeling that this winter might be like that. I'm not a meteorologist. So listeners don't take me for, for anything. Um, given my gambling trends, you may as well think that we could play golf all winter, you know, uh, cause I've been so, so ice cold. Um, really should stop using the temperature things here to talk about the weather but let's talk about some college football Matt. because boy oh boy has a lot happened since the last time we talked we had some great games last weekend and now we've come into a controversy or i don't think it's controversy but a lot of people are upset about it in case you're living under a rock ohio state is coming in at five and oh earlier this week on tuesday afternoon michigan due to covid COVID problems, we'll put it that way, had to cancel their game this weekend. And Ohio State would not get their sixth required game by the COVID rules of the Big Ten to make the Big Ten championship game. The Big Ten came out on Wednesday declaring that regardless of how the game against Michigan went, Ohio State beat Indiana so they would get the they would get the bid to the Big Ten championship game no matter what. We're going to lower it so that they can go go to the game. They don't have to play a game this weekend. A lot of people were hoping Ohio State and Texas A&M would play, which would actually have been pretty cool. De facto play-in game, that would have been pretty sweet. Um, a lot of people were pissed off about it. I'm not. I think this is the right thing to do. A, financially. B, in terms of a talent thing, everybody wants to talk about you know, getting the right teams in and all that sort of stuff. If you're going to do it just because of COVID and, and say, well, it's the COVID year, you know, you just don't like fun. I, I think this is the right choice. Matt, I want to hear your thoughts on this, though. It's tough because I have no love for the school from Ohio. Oh, I don't but either. I hate the, Ohio State. At, at the end of the day, it, I mean, it's, it is the right thing to do. Um, I, I wish they would let them play somebody else and just figure it out. But at the same time, I think that goes against a lot of the protocols you have in place anyway. So... You know, it is what it is, I guess. It's the best way to put it. Um, you know, I do sadly think, they, like I said, they did do the right thing. It's tough because we don't get to see a Michigan-Ohio State game, even though I don't believe Michigan has much of a chance. You know, it's still a big rivalry game. It's still cool to see the pageantry behind it, and we obviously won't get that. Maybe might save uh, Harbaugh's job, by the way. That's just a quick quick thought process there. That's going to um, expensive. So that's kind of interesting. I was going to take well. it from a Lehigh um, guy perspective and say that, you know, Lehigh and Lafayette, they keep, they keep the pace with Michigan and Ohio State because I don't know where they are in terms of the uh, most played rankings, but they don't get to creep on Lehigh. We get to keep that. I'll take that too. I like that a lot. Yeah, that exactly. works for me. Spin zone. <laughs> yeah. So always spin it. Always spin it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Would yeah, you have been a fan if they had figured out a way to uh, get A&M to play Ohio State this weekend. I know, like, last week, for instance, we talked about it. We got Coastal Carolina playing BYU in, in probably the game of the week. But w- would you be a fan if they tried to figure something like that out, a play-in game? Yeah, I got to tell you, I actually would have loved that. Not, I mean, I, obviously, it would have been a de facto play-in game. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I just would have thought that would have been so cool for the game. And I am sad that we didn't get to see that. Um, I think what also makes sense, because honestly, and I, I understand Ohio State is talented, but the Big Ten is clearly not that good this year. So their five wins are against bad teams, if you will. Again, I understand Indiana, but, but I, you know, it would have been nice to see if they're actually as good as they 
they are being told there. Because normally we think of it every year we complain that the rankings take too much into account of what happened the year before. Um, yeah, this year they certainly did Right. Well, well, no, but I'm saying this year, no, but I'm saying no, but Ohio State, the only reason they're ranked where they are is because of what happened last year. Sure. Because of, I understand we can do an I know I test wise, Justin Fields, a really strong roster across the board, but in theory, they haven't played or beaten anybody to prove that they're as good as, say, an Alabama who has played and beaten some good teams or a, you know, uh, um, a Notre Dame who has beaten Clemson. Again, I'm not disagreeing with where they are. I think they probably do deserve a spot sure. in the national champ in the in the in the playoff. Excuse me, um, but I just think that's kind of a it's kind of everyone's kind of forgetting that like you don't have to necessarily play anybody this year to get in because they played five games against the Big Ten and the Big Ten isn't that good. You know, so, it's like the good. No, what you bring up is a, is a really good point because it kind of goes to the next both section of the rankings and the next point to talk about of quote-unquote controversy, of A&M's five, Florida's sixth. Florida will be playing LSU this weekend. Then goes the SEC championship game. We'll play Bama. Then we got Iowa State, who jumped over undefeated Cincinnati. Georgia's ninth. Miami is tenth. Oklahoma, who will play Iowa State next weekend in the Big 12 championship game. Indiana, who's off until the Big 10 championship game. Then Coastal Carolina at 13th. Mainly, Iowa State jumping Cincinnati had a lot of people's eyebrows raising. Under your thought of just saying Ohio State's getting the credit they did, which they have the talent on paper to, to earn that spot. Again, they haven't beaten anybody huge. And, and maybe we're in for a Big Ten as the four or the three seed and gets their ass whooped in the college football playoff like we've gotten in pretty much any other Big Ten appearance other than 2014 when Ohio State won. But do you think that there should be some reshuffling or there should have been for Iowa state or for Cincinnati or hell, even Oklahoma, Miami or coastal Carolina, yeah. I mean, you know, any of that sort of stuff. I, I, um, I, I, one of the things that I think this would, this would have been a, this would have been a year if you could have managed it to, to do, bring a lot of these teams together. And so what I mean by that is like, take those top, you know, you want to, you want an eight, you want an 18 player, you want a 10 team player. Well, I mean, why not this year? Um, this would have been the year because you've got all these teams. Who, no one really has separated themselves. You know, no one's had to, no one, not, not as many teams have had the chance to separate themselves, I guess I should say. Uh, and honestly, a two-loss Iowa State team, if this was a normal year, they'd been the Big 12. I mean, they, they would have a legitimate argument. They're very they're a good football team. First time they've won uh, the Big 12 since before World War One. I, I heard, by the way. I don't think they got the championship game still, by the way. I'm just uh, – yeah, something like Stating that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's that, I thought that was um, kind of interesting. What was the other? What was the other like crazy stat that it hasn't ha- never happened? It's like LSU is finishing like so well under five hundred for the first time since like their first year as a program. It's their first. What? It's some really? crazy stat like that. Yeah. Um, this is really bad radio. Not having the stat in front of me. No, that's okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's there's a lot of crazy shit that's obviously happening because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um. But it is, I mean, BYU obviously just lost Louisiana, though they're 19th. And that's that's one that actually becomes really interesting in, in all of the shuffle of this. And that, you know, I always use the weird Joker, Dark Knight theory of you you need me, you complete me, you can't let me fall too far kind of thing. Of For those that don't know, the Ragin' Cajuns, their only loss is to Coastal Carolina. But do you know who their first win, I know you do, Matt, 
was against? Iowa State. Iowa State. That's one of Iowa yep. State's losses. And they're only 19th. And it becomes a really interesting question because now they play Coastal Carolina next weekend in a rematch. So is this a team? It's not. But it, if they finish 10-1 and one and won their conference, they beat everybody on their schedule. <laughs> Granted, they're not a Power 5 team. But they do they deserve a spot in a year's six bowl? Or how, like, all of this stuff, how it's all going to end up being shaken out. And, and I get it. Like, this is where rankings normally are. But it's, it's one of these things of if you're going to say, well, COVID this, COVID that, you know, we have to almost kind of say, fuck it, and just throw everybody out there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I'm I with think, you there. I think yeah. the Big Ten did the right thing. There's a really good rant from Big Cat on pardon my take about this. But for those that don't listen to that pro- program, uh, basically the idea is that Ohio State getting preferential treatment because they're Ohio State, right thing to do if you're a Big Ten fan, mainly for the money that gets brought in. Matt, we've now gone on four years since the Pac-12 last made a college football playoff appearance. For those that don't know, conferences get more money when teams make the college football playoff and as well the other New Year's Six Bowls. But it's only in the at-large sense. So a college football playoff berth gets you $6 million in at-large bid. So not the champion of their of whatever or, or this year in the sense of if Ohio State goes to the playoff and Northwestern then takes the whatever – well, actually the, the – the Rose Bowl is one of the the semifinal games, so it doesn't matter. But they get four, you know they get four million dollars in a nor- in a normal Rose Bowl year. If the if the Rose Bowl wasn't the semifinal, Northwestern would go there as the Big Ten representative. They would not get any additional money of that. The Big Ten gets their money because it's the Rose Bowl. Ohio State would get six million for the Big Ten, and if say Wisconsin or somebody finds their way to pop into actually Wisconsin's a bad is a bad call because they lost. But if Indiana found their way into a New Year's Six Bowl, they get an additional additional four million dollars. And all that extra money trickles down throughout the conference to help them all, whether it's recruiting or all of the different facilities that we've seen, all these SEC schools blow up and all this sort of stuff. So it's a really interesting argument to look at in terms of how this affects the future of it, and where the Pac-12's been. I mean, how many years in a row have we said, well, the Pac-12 is going to beat up on itself, and they're not going to make it, and and you know, woe is me, and all this. Or same thing with the with the Big Twelve. This is a prime year of it, where we're talking about Iowa State, who's kind of hanging out there, and you know, all this different shit, and they're they're not there. It's so dependent on Oklahoma, and and once every five years, when Oklahoma State is good for you know three quarters of the year, and then fucks up somewhere. It's just it's. It's wild. That's there's a reason why those ones have their pedigree as the kind of trading off fourth and fifth best team, and now we're really shaking into fourth and fifth Big Twelve, Pac twelve, respectively. Yeah, and I, I would say it too. I mean, I think this is something the Big the Pac twelve really needs to take a look because they're. I mean, Oregon was expected to be a a, a solid contender for a spot in the nap in the in the playoff, and now they they, they look. I mean, um, their head coach Chris Ball has looked at it. Hey, if if Saban were to leave Alabama, he would be on that list. So um, the Pac-12, man, they're they're just uh, USC struggling kills them because that's their USC is the premier Pac-12 program, mm-hmm. and they really need to figure out how to turn that. They, they got to turn. They do need to turn that around there. And then think about some of the upstarts like Oregon and Washington who have really fallen off. I was going to say wagon. Oregon and Stanford being kind of down. Oregon Stanford. obviously was around there, but Stanford was was a bit of a blue blood. <laughs> For a while in the early two yeah. thousands, and granted, and they still have and David Shaw is still yeah, David there. Shaw is still still, still there. Harbaugh did really well, right. and then Shaw really ran the ball well from there, and uh, took the ball and ran. Excuse me, but 
Yeah, they're, and they've just kind of, I don't know, they're still pumping out prospects, but they're just not getting it done on the field. So it's a weird place yeah. that they're in. You know, Colorado had their moment. Utah was kind of there for a while. Remember that when they were like third in the college football? It was like three years ago. They were like number three and they quickly lost to Cal. Yeah, right. Aaron Rodgers went on game day and uh, and powered the uh, the Golden Bears to a win. Uh, but it's all it's all nuts. Colorado actually in the, the college football playoff rankings, as is Tulsa. I mean, that's another thing, too, of like, it, it'll take a while. And, like, this could be the year that, like, say some serious chaos happens. Northwestern upsets Ohio State. Somehow, I don't know, if, I guess Florida would have to get blown out by Alabama. But even then, you could say Texas A&M deserves a spot, even though they got shellacked by Alabama. You know, the AAC figures out something, or they get some, like, angel investor or some alumnus that wants to donate an ass ton of money or a program that effectively would be, like, the Gonzaga of, you know, FBS football, like Boise State used to be, you know, that that, that would be huge for them because they're always kind of on the door. And that's something that we always find ourselves talking about around this time of year. And, and granted, normally as Army-Navy is this weekend, but normally everything else is done. We know what the final four are and all this. And we kind of talk about this of how many AAC teams find found their way towards the bottom of the college football playoff rankings. And same with the Pac-12. And, it, and to a degree, it's cannibalization, but it's also, like you mentioned, that you need a premier program. And that's kind of where going all the way back to this, you know, why Ohio state being in this is, is the right decision, despite how much we all may hate Ohio state. Right. Right. Um, but I, I think overall, um, but here's the hard part. And I know there's a chance that some of these teams will have to play each other, but I look at, I look at a Texas A&M and a Florida and a Cincinnati to a lesser extent, and, and they all deserve an opportunity to they're good enough to be up in that top end conversation. Here's the positive. Well, here's a, here's a question now for you as, because as, now we're moving to this position. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, if Notre Dame beats Clemson, they're out of the playoff, right? Yep. In a, right. Okay. If Notre Dame, Clemson beats Notre Dame, Notre Dame drop below a Texas A&M or a Florida. Depends on, it depends. If Florida loses to Alabama, Florida should not be in. Right, I, forget, right. I was going to say, they play. So, yeah, yeah go on there. But A&M yeah. comes into the weird conversation of, of Alabama from however many years ago where they they hung on and hung on and hung on, and then they lost to the runner-up. They lost to, to Auburn. So, if Florida wins, I mean, if I think if Alabama wins big enough and you know Clemson loses, Texas A&M taking the four spot, it's kind of weird, right? It would be weird of, of, and I guess like maybe you just say, all right, they're going to be the one in the four, so we don't have an all SEC championship game again for the however manyth time, in or the third time in ten years actually, because it was 2012 that that happened that Alabama and LSU played in the BCS. Um, and so, you know, maybe we just say, you know what, we're not going to have another. All, we're going to nip this in the bud right now. They're rematching in the semifinal. That would still be pretty weird in my book of just in a COVID year where. So many teams couldn't play because of COVID or because of scheduling changes and all this different stuff. I mean, hell, Notre Dame's only in the in the the what's it called the ACC championship game. A because of COVID, they're playing an ACC schedule, and B because COVID forced the ACC to change to change it. Not that they wouldn't have been in it, of course, but it made the road a lot easier for them to get in because of rescheduling. Um, but. You know, I, I just think it would be weird to be like, oh, yeah, like you played a full schedule and you lost to a team that's in. So we're going to throw you in there because a team fell out. Whereas like Iowa State as a two loss champion, 
assuming they win, why not throw them in there? I know the committee hates two lost teams. Then throw Cincinnati in. Cincinnati's collecting these like small ranked opponent wins throughout it because that's what the AAC does. It gets all these teams basically, let's call it 15 and below, throughout the season. And, and Cincinnati's beating all of them. So why don't they deserve it? Or, you know, Coastal, I'd love to see them get up there. I just don't think they have the strength of schedule in the Sun Belt. But who knows? I mean, if Iowa State's up there and you use this sort of this um, associative property, they're, they're right there. I don't know. I, I don't think it's right, again, because because of how wacky COVID made this whole season. I don't think it's right to just say, all right, well, we're going to do something that we normally do of this weird, they've been right there. That's not the point of the college football playoff committee. They have they have the human element, and they start from scratch every week. So actually start from scratch. Right. Well, so here's the thing, and, and I normally I agree with you, but I think the hard part is Texas A&M, their only loss being, assuming they run the table, and their only loss is to Alabama. And I don't think they would – I mean, to me, it's it's hard to not have them in okay. the playoff. Again, assuming Alabama wins out, which gives Florida two losses, um, and and then and then assuming that uh, – I'm just going to assume – let's just say Notre Dame beats Clemson. That gets rid of Clemson altogether. A one-loss Texas A&M – Resume wise, up against a two loss Iowa State is probably going to win out. I just I think they are. I, I, um, even though I know Iowa State has some, some quality wins in the schedule, I just think the SEC bias does come through there, and I do I do sure. truly think that Texas A and M is a really good team. Um, I do too. And they beat That's Florida. Not the problem. They, they have a huge quality. Yeah, they beat I, I'm just I know and I know, but I, so it's it's hard here though because my argument more so about con- you have to win your conference is is you have to the re- you have to have the same record. To an extent. I mean, I don't sure, know. Granted, sure. I, I, I've been on the Cincinnati bandwagon the whole time. Um, so I would rather see Cincinnati or Iowa State, I guess, is the way I would I would think that through. Yeah. Um, and I certainly think Cincinnati over Miami. who's not, I know they have no shot, by the way, because they're going to finish third in the ACC. Well, actually, I guess technically not true. Clemson couldn't lose. They'd finish second. But um, I would rather see Cincinnati. I just think that if I was betting, I, I think Texas A&M – at the moment has is the fifth best team in the country. Um, although I think it's neck and neck with Florida, but I, I don't know if Iowa state or Cincinnati could, could play with them. Um, yeah. This is my thought process, but that's going against my morals. If I agree with you, you have, should have to win your conference. But again, in this case, yeah, I'm ah. a big, I'm a big, you need to win your conference guy. Right. To, to get but but I guess the problem is that there have been years where, where you see Alabama. I, I, L, the best example is Alabama and LSU for the past few years. I mean, you watch them on only tape, Alabama, it's Alabama and Ohio State were the only two that got in without right. their conference. Right. And well, I guess I guess that's where you got to see the strength of schedule, because there have been times where you, you watch, you know, you watch Alabama and LSU play each other to the death. And it's a three point win by one of the two teams. And you walk away from that game saying, OK, I, I just watched the best two teams in the country. Sure. So I guess that's I guess that's kind of the struggle that I've had at times, especially in the deeper conferences. And normally the two big the two conferences of depth are the SEC and the Big Ten. Normally, on a normal year, those two conferences tend to have a, a, a number of very good, talented teams that have to play each other. While the ACC historically has been the last five years has been Clemson completely dominating the competition, especially since Florida State's de- destruction. Um, and the Big 12 has always kind of had this air raid mentality that I think hurts them, but it's been Oklahoma. So it's yeah. been Oklahoma's the top dog. And then, and so, so I guess that's, I mean, that's why I go back and forth on how to put people in. This is why it becomes so complicated and I don't envy their jobs. Um, 
So, yeah, I went on a little little bit of a sideways rant there. I mean, I and I just claim that everyone thinks of Big Twelve as the air raid offense, but I also think it's a true statement. When you think of big the Big Twelve, you think of high scoring air raid offense. So, I mean, that's why Cliff Kingsbury has a job in the NFL. It's because of right, offense. right, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That they they play. It, doesn't matter how good of a defender or defense you have in the Big 12, they score points on you. I don't always know why. It's why Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Because right. that's and all he, he did way, in college. By the way, and, by, and by the way, he didn't even win a lot of games in college. He was okay. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So like, that's what, what I'm thinking what I'm thinking about, you know, why teams get the treatment that they do. The yeah. SEC for the past decade has been the best conference in the, fo- in, in the game. The Big 12 has the historical impact. The Big Twelve. I'm sorry. The Big Ten has the historical bias to it, and and the, and, and the some of the premier, a lot of, a lot of more pro style groupings there. The Big Twelve is the air eight, and then the ACC is Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Pac two. The Pac two. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I do think that bias edges in, and that's probably why my bias is telling me that Texas A&M will get in, assuming Alabama beats Florida. Yeah, I think and then so honestly, too. Yeah. I'm just I'm, I want to be one of the first people on the uh, in the camp to. Express my disdain if they do get in. I just think it would be a huge bummer to just like to to take the the easy way out. I, that's all I think it would be. Yeah. Give I, me coastal. Um, Give me coastal. coastal. Yeah, I did. That was. I'm so happy they did play. By the way, um, yeah. I thought it was a great game. I will say this: I was not a fan of the way of coastal going after Zach Wilson on the field. BYU. Okay. You see that? You know, talking about. I missed a little bit of the game, so tell okay. tell the audience what we had. No, no, no. So, so um, he threw an interception really late in the half. Like it was a hail mary pass, I think. Um, and on the run, the guy caught it, and the time was running out, so he's trying to return it for a touchdown. Coastal Carolina is, and you know Zach throws the touchdown, Wilson, and he's a hell of a player. Forget the forget some of the attitude stuff you've heard about, not about him, but about BYU and anywhere, anytime. And then it seems like they've been backing out, but anyway. And there's obviously always going to be a stigma with BYU anyway, uh, but. He's he's just literally standing there, and a defensive lineman, you know, decides he's going to block him, even though there's really no reason to block him yet. And he doesn't just block him, but he he, it's bush league to be honest. You got to watch the replay, but he 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 blocks him, and you know Zach tries to just basically get away from the block because he's trying, you know, he's a quarterback trying to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And another guy shows up from Coastal Carolina. They drive him into the ground. Um, he tries to get up. They 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 push him back down oh, hard. Yeah, not that. and. and yeah, and and then and then they both kind of jump on top of him, and then as a ref is sprinting because it's clear it's clear that they're they're not actually blocking him; they're just they're just trying to hurt him and intimidate him. And I have no problem with a little intimidation, but you know, at the end of the day, the guy's not making a play, and there's two of you and one of him. I, and then finally, the BYU guys rush out onto the field uh, to to protect their quarterback, and then that's when the, a big brawl breaks out. Actually, um, right there at the half, they had to separate both teams, but. It was very Bush League by Coastal Carolina. Bob and made to see the two players do that. Just, just think it's not something in the game that we need anymore. Um, it's like, remember a couple of years ago, Joe Burrow got blindside hit, uh, got that blindside hit against who are they playing in the in the bowl game? Um, UCF. So two years, not last year when he won the Heisman. Two years ago, he sees it ended basically when he got absolutely, uh, like completely illegally and highly dangerous, just just blindside blocked on an interception. Uh, and you watch the video there because the noise he makes just—it sounds like he's dying. Um, his, and he, you know, had a whole bunch of injuries from that. So same kind of thing, just bushly targeting a quarterback. Uh, and by the way, you've always everyone wants to complain about like you know quarterback. This is why they have those rules in place because of some of the stuff that. And I get it. By the way, you're trying to knock out the other team's best player, but you're not trying. Whole point of football is not to injure people. So anyway, didn't like that. But other than that, I, I think Coastal Carolina is a great story. I love that they're willing to play BYU. 
Um, and overall, I thought it was it was great. So it's my two cents. No, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, that that kind of shit is uh, very bush league to put it, use your words that are correctly being used. Uh, I I've never had that in football. Uh, obviously, I was a lineman, so I would have been the person trying to do that. I didn't play enough to even try to, but um, in hockey, that's happened to me before. Of like, you're in front of the net, you know, you you crazy defenseman like to hold him down, and then the puck gets clear, okay. and you're still holding him down there a little bit. That's happened to me a little bit, a little bit uh, yeah. more than it should. But, where refs not looking, yeah. and you maybe give him an extra pop and, and something like that. Where yeah, you know, it's it's that gray area, and uh, you're trying to get something in when the refs not looking and. You don't want to be the one that that responds. That's always what we were taught in football. Of you know, if you're you're holding or you're the guy who after the play is being a little chippy, you don't want to be the you don't want to be the last one to do it. You want to be seen doing it. And obviously, quarterbacks have right. different rules in there. You know, remember in, remember the Titans where they go, oh, rough, you know, unnecessary roughness. What on the quarterback? That whole thing. Um, you know that, like you said, that's why those exist. Right, and I, and I think to your point too, I, I'm always guilty about doing some stuff I probably shouldn't do on the ice on the ice but i'm never i'm never trying to hurt anybody i'm just trying to get in their head a little bit um then you see like a cheap shot or a, yeah. or a you're running a run in somebody that yeah yeah but that's I'm why you. i mean yeah. that's why players wear visors both in hockey and in football as because yep. the i put the eye gouging is is real like people think that's just like some old wives tale that's real shit like people will like grab your right. face mask and try to like shake up your helmet a little bit to like ring your bell a little bit and you know not concussion level but like just confuse you or get you a little pissed off and get you lose control a little bit like that kind of stuff. You know, that does happen in, in at the bottom of these things and uh, it can get pretty wild. Mm-hmm. No, not, absolutely. Not even just to the point of like real cheap, like, Oh, grab and twist an ankle or something. But you know, those little things, those little digs, but once you know, I'm not saying that's okay, but the real, like that dirty shit, get that out of here. Don't need that in football before we move on. Are there, you know, there's a lot of actually ranked games on the slate. Is there one that you're particularly, Looking forward to, I think that might shake things up this weekend. I know we're obviously going to have picks to, you know, say the game we're really looking at, but anything that jumps out to you? Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, there's some interesting games out there. Um, a couple that I think are just more, are more, you know, let's see. I like North Carolina, Miami interests me just to see Miami has, you know, to be able to play another team that, that people think is pretty highly ranked. I think is is critical. Um, but I, and again, I know we're going to talk about a lot of them. The one that I think is is really interesting because you mentioned LSU already. But Florida LSU fascinates me because is Florida looking ahead already? Something that always worries you, um, you know. And, and I, I, Kyle Trask and, and, and Pitts, that offense, they're really good. Obviously, Florida has a great defense, so I'm not disagreeing with any of that there. I do think they're a really good football team. But the question becomes, do they look beyond a wounded LSU program at the moment? Um, and knowing that next week is Alabama. I, I, I think there's a serious concern there for me, um, something that I would make sure they can they need to watch um, because there is still a ton of talent on the field for LSU. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know yeah. that Miles Brennan is not as struggled, but just that's a game to me that just is interesting to, to kind of um, to kind of review. And they've gotten crushed, by the way, LSU has, but um, just some, somewhere to watch. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a good one to keep an eye out for. Obviously, uh, you know, elsewhere on the slate, we got a, uh, you know, some good pack to, or good uh, Big Twelve games. Some good Pac twelve games. We got Georgia Georgia versus Missouri ranked showdown. Who's uh, ranked, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. 
Um, Utah is hanging out there, but they they we really haven't seen a ton of them. Colorado's undefeated. Give them give them the fifth spot, Nat. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good slate. <laughs> but let's move on. We're gonna do a little, a little different. We're gonna do the general NFL talk beforehand. We did that with college football of general college news, and obviously we talked about this a little bit last week, but then it happened, Matt. Carson Wentz got benched against the Green Bay Packers and will not be the starter this week. Jalen Hurts taking over. And before we get your reaction to it, a lot of choice words from the various Eagles players throughout the week at practice, in press conferences. And I think that's more telling than any sort of decision. Obviously, the Giants and the Redskins, or the football team, excuse me, uh, both winning against the, the Seahawks and Steelers, respectively really puts kind of a clamp on the Eagles shot of, of trying to get back in the NFC East. So, you know, whether or not they're trying something out to, to provide a spark, like Doug Peterson said, you know, is something, but the players, the words they used about this, I thought is really what stuck out to me about this entire news cycle of Carson Wentz getting benched. What is your whole thought on this? So many things go into this decision. So many things come out of it. Um, I do, I think to me, and something I've talked to a lot of people about recently, um, because it's obviously forefront to me, and, and I will be upfront. I, I am a huge Carson Wentz fan. Um, I'm a believer in him. Uh, I have liked him from day one. Yeah, it's no secret. Uh, we're, and, we're a very pro Carson Wentz podcast. Well, I'll be clear here on that. Yeah. So what? I, but um, I, I, the first thing I'll say to that, though, is he, he has been horrible at the quarterback position for the majority of this season. There have Correct. been moments um, uh, of grandeur and things that, that show that show why he is a top 10 talent at the position. If you, if you put talent on paper, his talent level is top 10 and, and he needs to take accountability. And I know he does, but he needs to continue to do so to be a better quarterback. Um, so I want to get that all out on the table. I am, I'm actually in favor of sitting him down for a game. I have no problem with that, especially in a season like this. It's just clearly a lost season. Um, and, and, I, and at this point, it'd take an absolute miracle, like running the table, probably even then might not be enough, but running the table to win the division. And I, I'm not opposed. I'm not, I'm not a tanker, especially in football. I think you got to win when you can win um, because I think we have a lot of needs in the draft. So I, I think, you know, a top five pick versus a top 10 pick, it doesn't, doesn't change things for me. So I want us to win with Jalen, you know, hurts, but the, this all stems back from the fact that is, we took a quarterback with the second pick, second with our second round pick this past year, when we had needs all over the roster. That you are seeing those needs exposed right now, and and I think this is where this is where my issue with the whole move comes in, is, and 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 the psyche that it creates. If this was a sixth round pick coming in for a game, and Doug could say, hey, you know what, we've decided that we need to sit. You know, Carson has you know some things to work on, and we're going to start Nate Sudfeld for a game. I'm my tune is slightly different. Hey, we have a veteran quarterback, um, you know, backing up Carson. He's going to get a start here, you know, for whatever reason. That to me, I, I would be very comfortable with. But I go back to the decision to use a second round pick on a project quarterback that, quite frankly, and I, and I hope the best for him, and I will be rooting for him, by the way, on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in a guy that I don't think is going to be a good NFL quarterback. Um, that's so I struggle with that. Um, we have obviously not provided for Carson, but at the same time, you know, you know, this is the same, a lot of the same people as last year though, too. So one thing I think about is, you know, Carson is, was, was actually probably doing more with less last year at this point in time Correct. Um, than he is now. So 
I understand the move. I wouldn't have done it though, because now we've created a quarterback controversy. We just signed this guy, this, this, this 26 year old gunslinger to a massive deal to say, you're our guy. How do you go from that uh, essentially a year ago to here? And I, with the same coaching staff, the same GM, the same owner. So, so to me, it doesn't make any sense what is the disconnect here that you signed a guy to be your franchise quarterback and then you spent a second round pick in the draft on him uh, on another quarterback that that you could have filled with the safety for example jeremy chin who reports is reports is that's the safety that um jim schwartz wanted he is a candidate for defensive rookie of the year for the panthers um there were offensive linemen you could have taken you could have taken an edge rusher um there's a lot of things you could have done with that second round pick and taking a quarterback doesn't seem like it wasn't the right choice then and I tried. I even tried to defend it because I've always been. I'm a Howie fan, um, and I'm a Doug fan, and I'm struggling to defend it. So, um, I'm, I'm upset that they're making this move. Quite and honestly, are they even setting up Jalen for success going up against? The I don't Saints? think so. That's like the one thing that, <laughs> that makes me like. There's a lot of people that all year have been. Oh, Carson's not this. Even going back to last year, there were some people that said, "Oh, Carson's not our guy." And then the Eagles. What does he end up doing? He gets over four thousand yards, wins the NFC East all that sort of stuff. I totally agree with you. He sucked this year, but changing the quarterback isn't going to be the, the correct thing to, to a get a rookie who played half a game with a green Bay team that kind of just let the Eagles hang around and really should have stepped on their throats a lot harder than they did. And the, the Packers played pretty well and everything. And, and I think the defense stepped up pretty well. They played two really good games against solid quarterbacks and Russell Wilson and in Aaron Rodgers, I think a lot of them are trying to preserve their own jobs. Maybe, they, maybe they're trying to step up for Jim Schwartz, who's had kind of an up and down last couple of years, frankly. But I don't think that we're setting them up for anything. We've had guys that have been banged up and somehow still playing on the offensive line. We have guys that are really not – they've been in and out of the lineup all year, and it, uh, you know, it's terrible. And I, I agree yeah. with you. I think Jalen Hurts is not in the position to do anything – to do – well, and I know he's now the youngest Eagles quarterback to start a game since Randall Cunningham did and all this different stuff, and that's cool and, and all that, but I don't know. It, I just, I, it's a lost season, and I agree with you that, yeah. that if you wanted to really have him be the long-term project, like Jordan Love, for instance, with the Packers, there are times where they could have brought him in to get him experience, get him snaps, and, and all this different stuff, but no, they've stayed with Aaron Rodgers, and they've let him kind of really say fuck you to, you know, whomever you want to say he's saying fuck you mm-hmm. too and the Packers have really you know they're they're doing great and and there's some question marks that you can say about it whether or not they can stop a run that's a big question mark that I think we're going to talk about some some of the front runners in the NFC as we get into picks but you know they're letting that guy who they spent an early draft pick on when Aaron Rodgers is not over the hill it's not Breeze who may you know people may think he may retire it's not Brady who at times looks like vintage Brady and at times looks like he's 50 years old not 40 years old it's right. like, Rogers still has a couple years under his belt. And I know they did that with Brett Favre too, but yeah, it's, it's a weird scenario to, to try to explain all that sort of stuff. And that's one of the reasons why the way the Packers have been one of the best organizations for the, they have been consistently a good team, if not a great team for the past three or four decades, maybe not three, four, but, but no, I, I think you could say three, four because of, of, because they drafted the difference is they drafted Jordan love while they had a a 37-year-old franchise quarterback, a 37-year-old quarterback with with injury history recently. 
So he's 37. Carson's 26. This is the problem I have. There, you don't draft a quarterback in the second round if you have a 26-year-old franchise quarterback. Uh, th- that's that's the, what I don't get. Um, and and again, I, I, I also struggle with the fact that and Jalen Hurts is a great guy. Uh, and he's a teammate and he's a professional and he works hard in his craft. Uh, none of that. And, and I know he's got some talent, obviously. But he did get benched at, at Alabama. And I could have thrown 30 touchdown passes in Oklahoma's offense. So I know he had a good senior season, but he didn't win anything. I mean, they didn't go anywhere. So he didn't win a national title, right? He didn't win the Heisman. Again, I know he's got some talent. I don't know if he's a great thrower of the football. I see, I see a less talented Lamar Jackson when I look at Jalen Hurts. Um, he's not as fast. He doesn't throw the ball as well. He can do a lot of things. So, again, this is where I – I mean, this is where I'm struggling to see why. Uh, but I, I will say this. I mean, in terms of being the Saints – he does bring a different dynamic that could maybe throw the Saints off a little bit. Sure. I guess I'm trying to find a positive here. Um, I have too. And I, um, I, I was yeah. going to finish with kind of going back to the, the start of the conversation of there was a lot of questions after Nick Foles left of, of it, did the locker room like Carson and all that sort of stuff. And I think we learned that this week of Miles Sanders really stepping up and being like, Hey, you know, I fumbled against Cleveland and Jason Kelsey really, really having some choice words to say about coaching and in the front office and that sort of stuff. And even Fletcher Cox, who, defensive linemen don't need to step up for the, for their quarterback. No defensive player really does. They could just say, you know what? Like we're trying to play our game and you know, maybe the change is what we need. And they obviously don't want to throw them under the bus and be like, yeah, you go in three and out five times against the Seahawks really tired us out. And that's why DK Metcalf went over the top against Darius Slay a billion times, but they, you know, for him to step up that way, I don't know. I just feel like it really showed that, this Carson lost the locker room or whatever the hell you want to say. I feel like that, that really put the gibosh on that. So that's at least a positive in my mind. Yeah, and I think, I think, I think um, I'd love to see all that. And I think this is the other thing I would say. I, I personally think he will be our starter in 2021. Carson Wentz. Anybody who is not on board with being his teammate needs to go. The house needs to be cleaned. And I'm looking at Alshon Jeffrey. There've been enough reports. He's also obviously not the same player on the field that he was even two years ago. Um, you know, I, I think you clean house. I think you can bring in the right people. I think the defense is still talented. Um, I, I just, this is a good defense. I think people overlook that. There, yeah, there's been a couple games where they've given up points, but even the best defenses in this league give up points. If he's back, he needs. we need to clear house. I got no problem if we have a high draft pick using it on a Jamar Chase or a Jalen Waddle, wide receivers. Um, I'd rather get an offensive lineman, but I think the number one, and we'll get into this, obviously, next month. As oh, yeah. we always do, and I'm, you know, I'm a big nut about it. But um, if you're, you said you were going to do everything you can to support Carson Wentz, at, you know, after you, that's what you said you told him after the second round pick of, of Jalen Hurts, and I'm not seeing that. So anyway, uh, I know we're wrapping up this conversation. I could go all night about him. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. one other thing I will say, and we talked about this just just moments ago before we started the podcast. <sighs> Jared Goff, everyone last year, well. He's not the answer. What they made a mistake. Why did they sign him? Leading the NFC at West. Um, Aaron Rodgers, to your point, was being written off a year or two ago. Um, another guy that you think about. Well, no, he's not going to do it. He's, he can't figure it out. Uh, there's been a number of quarterbacks that have had bad years that have bounced back. So uh, the talent is there for a reason. Don't give up on that. Um, and those are just two examples that pop into my mind. But Literally last year, Jared Goff. 
I mean, they, they were thinking about does Sean McVay need to go? That, that came up. Did, should they trade Jared Goff and get a new quarterback? Um, you know, and, and then they made some moves and, and obviously are having a ton of success this year. And, and, and to me, are a dark horse team. Um, I don't know if they have all of it, but they're pretty damn good. And obviously, they've got some other people out there. Don't get me wrong, but they stuck with their guy. I think we need to stick with ours. Yeah, I agree. I could be convinced and can convince myself into some other changes that could be that could happen. Um, I really think Jim Schwartz needs to go. I've thought that for a couple of years. Uh, but, you know, other changes, too, I know a lot of people are calling for. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing seeing something change at least in uh, elsewhere. I don't you know I don't know if that's Doug and or Howie, but well, like one of them probably think, is going to get is going to get the axe. I I do think the one thing we have to remember is that the decision come does come from the top, and the one thing that I've always respected about Jeffrey Lurie and what I think makes him a I think a top five owner in the NFL is that he's smart. He lets smart people make decisions, but he's also patient. That's and he understands that continuity and that continuity is important. That can go to you could that can be a fault sometimes, but he has not had a lot of head coaches in his tenure. Now, he's made us some mistakes, aka Chip Kelly, although I can get into that whole thing at another time. But he 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 is a smart man who will make smart decisions with his football team because he does love his football team. So I got faith there. I got faith that whatever he does will be the right decision. Um, no pressure. But um yeah, it's just hard too. You know, it's hard because of the Super Bowl stuff. You know, I think I think this is a whole different conversation with Doug and Howie if they hadn't won a Super Bowl and and done a great job doing so. Um, but we'll uh, we will see what happens. Yeah. So before we jump into picks, we do have some fan questions. I threw up a flash poll because I had a very busy day at work, and we got a couple questions out of it. The first one comes from a good friend of ours, Matt Dave Sadowski. He wants to know: Wait, are is, this, ge- is this is this older Dave? Is this is this Lauren's age, Dave? Yes. Sadusky? Yeah. Sadusky. that's how you pronounce him. I apologize, yes, Dave, sorry. for mispronouncing, okay. mispronouncing your last name. Um, are the Jets trying to lose on purpose, and will Trevor Lawrence stay at school to avoid us, as in the Jets? It's a two-part question. I'll take the first part, and then I'll let you answer how much you want to answer, and then I can take the second part? Sure. Did I that works. Plan? Okay. Um, no, I don't think the Jets are trying to lose on purpose. The players and the coaches, I don't think are, because honestly, Greg Williams wouldn't have gotten fired if he if if he purposely gave up the hail mary. So, and, and you can see the players are dejected, and they're playing for contracts, and they're playing for their future. So, I don't think, I don't believe the coaching staff and the players are playing to lose. Now, I'm sure part of the front office is paying attention to what's going on. They may have dictated. Uh, how quickly Sam Darnold came back. But I also think they were being safe with Sam Darnold, um, either as the future there or trade bait. Um, but I, I, I honestly don't think the Jets are trying to lose. That's not something I believe football does. Yeah, I um, I do think the fact that you call seven-man rush uh, in the final play of the game, although that's apparently uh, a Greg Williams staple, Look, as we've learned a little uh, how, bit. How many times, though, have we watched teams make, like, go get the guy? I mean, so anyway, I, I yeah, maybe yeah, not I seven, I think but you're six right. I would have been fine with. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think any players are trying to lose. I think front offices put the uh, the wrong players on the field or court or court uh, on or ball field to try to you know 
win as few games as possible. We'll put it that way. Um, now for Trevor Lawrence, I, I don't think he would. I think it'd be dumb of him to stay in college for another year. I don't think there's much else for him to try to get after at Clemson. Um, unless they really get screwed somehow. And he, he really takes him having COVID personally is why Clemson doesn't win a national championship. But even that, I think he'd go. I don't think that Dabo would be upset about that. Uh, I don't think his teammates would blame him. I I think he's a competitor and he'd want to go to a situation that could, you know, he could potentially turn around it. I don't know if that, you know, I don't know where players minds go in terms of a, you know, this, this team is terrible, but like, look at Baker Mayfield, a guy who was very cocky in college. And you would have thought, you know, maybe he'd be that kind of brash individual that would say, I don't want to go to, go to the, to the Cleveland Browns team that just finished 0 16. And you know, he, he's certainly doing stuff. And that'll be our next question. But Matt, what do you think about Trevor Lawrence? I don't think he'll stay either. I would agree there. I think there's you know too many unknowns. I, I think there's a better chance he does what like Eli Manning did. Um, but that was unprecedented. Uh, I think yeah, at the he, end of the day, does I Lawrence think, have, have a dad with the power of Archie? <laughs> no. Yeah. I was about to say. Um, and I, yeah, the people right. that are saying that, um, I feel like they're, they're just like, not that I'm accusing you of editorializing, but they're just like trying to get some sort of spark out of it. Right. Right. I, I do think, I, I think that, I think that's his better option, if you will. Cause I think going back to school poses a lot of dangers. For well, him, right? County. Like granted, he still went first overall. But like he got right. hurt, you know, he yep. probably would have yep. made a lot more money and maybe doesn't yeah. get hurt and in the NFL. A, a number of guys who have made Marshall that decision. And then, and then, yeah, he's another guy. Um, I think about Bryce Love, the Stanford yes. running back from a few oh, years ago. Wow, who that's a great back call. And he was going to be a top first or second round pick. And I, I, he might have gone in the fifth. I, I, anyway, um, and obviously Trevor will do the proper things to protect himself, but he also knows he's he's ready for that next level. How much more can he accomplish at the collegiate level? Especially, by the way, if they go to the playoff again this year and they win. I mean, if they win, yeah, if they win, going, he has to go out. Um, There's nothing for him left to do. That's right. like that's like in a. It's not be a pro, but whatever they call when they used to have the NCAA football game, race for the Heisman, but whatever it was called, like they like they yeah. kicked you out when you did too well. They'd be like, oh, your draft stock is too high. You're, you're gone. You're gone. Go, go, go. I think I think an interesting factor here too, though, is what's so his alternative is to hold out and most likely go where? I don't know. Jacksonville. I mean, what What would happen there? Of like, if he held out, what would he demand a trade? Can he? There's no way for him to like declare and then declare for the supplemental draft? Like, would that be his yeah. only option? Well, I don't know. I so, so, Can he so do, I that? So I guess, do that? Is he allowed to do that? I guess the thing here, though, is, look, I think – I don't believe he can, by the way. But objectively yeah, – I don't think so either. You have to have, like, a reason matter, I, to not. I think the Jets could still just get him. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but he has an opportunity to go to the New York Jets, a franchise that has really struggled to put a consistent winner on the field for decades. I know they had – you know, glimmers of hope with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez, but that fell apart. He could go there. Yeah, he could be the guy. And if he's as good as he's touted to be, he could resurrect that franchise in spite of their ownership. He looks like Joe Montana with the hair. Yeah, well, because really, Grandpa Simpson it, didn't though, like it. If if you think about the Jets, Joe Douglas is leading that group now. He's really good. He's not a, a crony. He's not a Knicks guy, right? He's a good, smart 
football mind who's making the right decisions for the Jets organization, even though I know they haven't won the game. I think he's doing the right thing. Now, again, my opinion, by the way, I think Sam Darnold's talented. I think he could win in this league. I'm trading that pick for a crap ton of other picks, and I'm and I'm loading my roster up that way because you have a quarterback like Sam Darnold who I think can win right now well, in this league and be so – go ahead. No, uh, I agree with you because that's what the Browns the did. set up now, but yeah. The Browns did that with Carson Wentz. I have a certain friend uh, who he and his friends, whenever I'd see them – they'd ask about Carson Wentz as if it was like a long lost relative. Oh, how is he? And the, what the, and now it's more of a kind of an ingest of a, Hey, how is he? But what they did with all of those picks to get, you know, they've gotten a ton out of the chain of chain of events of trading down and trading back years and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that, that Mm -hmm. can work if you really believe it and you have to sit down to Arnold and really be, you know, figure something out with him. Um, Quickly, Bryce Love's career. First of all, do you know what he got his degree in from Stanford? I'm sure it was smart. Human biology. Yeah. Uh, so he he's not a dumb guy. <laughs> 2019 placed the non-football injury list before the start of the season. 2020 played was active, didn't play for a few games before being placed in the injured reserve list on October 2nd of this year. Uh, so has not seen action on an NFL field yet. Um, he does have it ties Christian McCaffrey for the Stanford record with consecutive games of 100 yards um, and the number of 100 yards in a single season. Um, one offensive player of the week in 2017. So he has that going for him. But Matt, I mentioned Baker Mayfield. Our other question comes from our friend and former guest picker, Michael J. Clark, who wants to know who will Baker Mayfield next quote in his post game interview? And Matt, do you know what he's referring to? Oh, well, he, yes, The Office. So not just The Office. The week before, he I know, quoted but... Anchorman. And this past week, he quoted The Office saying, whatever I'm about to do something, I think, what would an idiot do? And if they would, I don't do that. Which comes from the season three episode, Business School. Um, great episode of The Office. Recently rewatched mm-hmm. it. Uh, Office getting off Netflix soon. Netflix really dropping sad. the ball. Uh, sad. Very sad. Sad. I want to think. So he's gone Will Ferrell. He's gone The Office. I want to think he either goes, hmm, maybe he jumps into Jim Carrey, does like a an Ace Ventura quote, or maybe a, uh, I don't think he's a liar, liar guy, but either that or he goes like old school, uh, like maybe Vince Vaughn. I don't think he goes Step Brothers. I, I think that's too, I think that's too basic, it's too expected. I liked Vince Vaughn, uh, like a Vince Vaughn, Ellen Wilson kind of classic movie, something like, you know, like I, I, I think of weddings, that's harder, but I'm just thinking of like their genre of humor. Um, would work. Yeah, Vince I mean, Vaughn's if, a he, different. He's, if he gets he's a sacked different a bunch, the other if guy. he gets sacked a bunch, he could say something like, "How about that sack, sack lunch?" lunch? Um, 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 um. Or if like Miles My, Garrett comes back and he gets a bunch of uh, gets a bunch of sacks. Uh, Red uh, seven. That's a good one. Right. Seinfeld. Um, Seinfeld um, oh, Seinfeld might be the Seinfeld, answer. Seinfeld would work. Yeah. I, I was thinking Friends, but I don't, I don't know of enough good quotes there. There is a football scene in Friends, though. There is a football episode. Um, Pivot. That's probably like the the best and well known quote. Pivot. Yep. Pivot. Uh, we're on a break. That would work. He could fit that in we somehow. We were on a break. We were on a break. Yeah, I oh like that. Oh, my God. Um, that yeah, actually, way, that might be the his, funniest. Did you see his celebration? Which one? The I think it was Higgins just scores a touchdown. They're walking the runway, and, he, and, and Baker comes in, stage right, slides in for the camera shot. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, explain it. 
Okay. First of all, everyone needs to see how smooth Baker Mayfield was here. I'm blown away. It was so impressive. So they score a touchdown. Uh, Rashad Higgins scores a touchdown, and, and they decide he's going to do a runway model walk on the back white of the end zone, like he's going to mm. strut it. And Mayfield comes flying in from stage right. So he comes running down the field. And as he's coming in, you see him enter the screen. He does a full uh, 360 and then perfectly poses with like a leg stuck out with a fake wheel with his hands up like it's a camera. And honestly, it is one of the smoothest, smoothest um, entrances into a celebration I've ever seen. I was, I was legitimately blown away by how cool it looked. So f- go look it up because it, it was good. It was good work by Baker. And I'm not – I'm back and forth on Baker a lot. That was good work by Baker. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's fantastic. And that's uh, definitely something that you need to uh, draw some eyeballs to uh, the personalities of the players. Not that Baker – Certainly needs it with all the progressive commercials. Matt, let's get into Pick'em, though. We uh, we not once, not twice, but three times had a guest picker lined up in the last 36-ish hours, and uh, they all fell through. So now, Matt, we're back to ourselves. That's okay. That's okay. We battle, Matt. Do you, Who led off last week? I don't even remember. I did. You did, so I'm up first? Um, yeah. All right, yep. so we're going to do the best of seven. No more bye weeks, right? We're done? Uh, yes, we are. Correct. Great. So that means we're going to have one game Finally. left over. Finally. Thank you. Um, although we, we also haven't picked against each other. That's because we want to talk about every game. But uh, I, I lead off, and hmm, there's some weird games on the calendar here. And I'm going to start off with one that I think is a – I don't want to say an upset special because it's only a two-point line. But it's going to be a very interesting game. We have a Colts team who... I don't know what the best way to put that game last week was for for Indianapolis. But that defense isn't exactly what we thought it was. Vegas, who's played normally, plays very well at home. Uh, Finally coming home after a couple weeks away. The dud in Atlanta last week against the Jets where they needed a Hail Mary to win. Derek Carr, awesome week. I like Vegas in this game. I like their offense to continue to keep building up some momentum. Henry Ruggs looked pretty good. Obviously, Derek Carr looked very good, and their running game looked pretty good. The, um, we need to see what Phillip Rivers comes out, and that's what has me a little little questioning in this. But that you know that that offense has been pretty good. I like this to be a high scoring game. Fifty one points is the over under, but I like Vegas at home plus two. They're a different team, different team in the desert. Going the Raiders. Okay. Raiders have been a mystery to me um, quite a bit because there's days where I'm like, wow, that's really a really good football team. And there's other days where I'm like, oof, I just don't like the vibe. Um, no, you know, this I'm a huge is, cult supporter, but yeah. this, is a, this is a weird pick for me to go after considering they lost badly to the Falcons a couple weeks ago, but they seem to have <laughs> ranked the ship despite, you know, a really terrible thud. Uh, what do you got for your first pick? I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to pick tonight's game. Teen off in uh, about 20 minutes from this, this recording. It's uh, new England, LA, Los Angeles Rams. And I've just talked up the Rams. New England comes off a, a really a, a good victory um, against, against the chargers, but honestly, offensively, they're not that good. So uh, they had very little yards last week. They don't have any weapons on the outside at all. Jacoby Myers is their only 
you know, bright spot there. I do like Damian Harris, the running back from Alabama. Um, their defense is still solid, but I think the Rams are a really, really good football team. Um, I think they are a, a probably second tier in the NFC behind, uh, we could talk about this, but this, I, I still you know, you think of the Saints um, and, and you think of the Green Bay Packers. I still would have up there probably, they're probably like the third or fourth best team. Hard to root against Russell Wilson. Uh, not root against, hard to root against, hard to bet against Russell Wilson. But I love this Rams team. I think they're incredibly balanced. They play very selfless football. I still think they have the best defender in the league in Aaron Donald. And I like them over a Patriots offense that has struggled all year. They have the right personnel to take away a lot of things uh, from them. I think they're going to dominate in that regard. And I think offensively, you know, they, they don't – Stephon Gilmore can't just focus in on one guy because they've got so many weapons. They're working it very well there. McVay and Goff are on the same page. Four-and-a-half-point line for the Rams. I think they'd win by a touchdown. I like that. I uh, I think they're going to kill the Patriots I, for a lot of what you just said. And yeah. I think Aaron Donald – is the MVP of tonight's game. I think he makes Cam Newton have to get a lot more done than Cam should have to get done. Uh, you mentioned Damian Harris, very good, but I just think Donald's going to go right up the middle. Uh, Patriots line's been banged up. I really like that pick. Rams are the third place team currently in the NFC, so rightfully they're third in futures to win the NFC at plus uh, 525. And her fifth in the NFL at plus 1,200. Uh, might be a sneakily good pick for us to maybe go into, Matt. A little investment opportunity. But really like that pick. Goes over to me. And I'm going to go to a game that I hate to do this because they're at home, coming back east after a great win in Seattle. Uh, but they play the Arizona Cardinals, who are really regressing. And I just feel like, we're going to, I feel like last week might have been opposite day. And I hate to say this because I, I like the, the Giants more than the football team as a potential NFC East champion. But I like the Arizona Cardinals here. I think Kyler Murray has a field day against a Giants defense that has played very well. They, you know, statistically aren't as on paper good as the, as the Washington football teams. Um, but the Giants defense has played very well. They held Russell Wilson and, and a number of their different players to very low points last week. Wilson. You know, kind of a kind of a tough one there, but I think Kyler Murray has a has a big week. I know DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. I know the running back situation is a lot of question marks, but I feel like that's something where, you know, we maybe see some tight ends step up. We see Larry Fitzgerald, who did not have a catch last week, step up and and really assert himself back into this. Uh, so I like the Cardinals to cover this two point spread. This may be a boring game, but I feel like Kyler Murray is that X factor that really. Uh, this is a game he should win. This is a game he should shine in. And I feel like he knows that and will step up to the to the moment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I, I'm, I'm, I would like that too because I don't like the Giants. Um, and part of me just wants to see the who's going to win the NFC and how many wins they're actually going to have would make me would make me happy here. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think a game that, that I'd like to – I think it's a fascinating matchup, and that's Minnesota and Tampa Bay. Both teams looking like they've got a playoff chance. Minnesota at six and six has battled back from just a dismal, dismal start. Um, Goddamn Vikings. Their defense is not particularly great, but their offense is humming with a ton of weapons. I don't even want to talk about a receiver out there, but Dalvin Cook has been spectacular on the running back side of the ball. And the defense is working through some kinks. Um, but they're still they're just a little void of talent there. 
Tampa Bay comes in off the bye, a little wounded, um, and they've they've shown some people were anointing them a few weeks ago before they played the Saints, essentially. And since then, we've seen a different side of things down there. But they had a week off, a bye week off here. And I'm not a believer in Minnesota at the end of the day. Uh, And so I like Tampa Bay to cover a six and a half point home spread coming off of a bye against Minnesota. I think Brady gets it going. And they remember that Ronald Jones is a starting running back in this league and feed him the ball. Not even sure why Leonard Fournette is on the field half the time there. But I'm picking Tampa Bay to establish themselves as a a credible playoff threat as we inch closer to the postseason. I like that. That's a, a good title to give them there. Um, comes to me, a line that I feel like in a week that we have a ton of large pointed lines, uh, only set at a touchdown. That's the Packers visiting the Detroit Lions. I know it's a divisional game. I know the Packers have played very close games against the Lions in the past, uh, but the Lions, you know, they had that comeback win against the Bears last week. The the I think that's more on the Bears than it is on Detroit. Detroit, at, you know, when Matthew Stafford has to sling it, he can sling it, and that's kind of what the Bears let him do. Uh, Green Bay's defense, I know, is like we talked about it last week. They they kept the Eagles hanging in there. I think that's something they want to step up. They've done that with a couple other teams. They did with the Jaguars earlier this year. Um, this is a game, though, that I think they really want to just clamp the foot down and really get going. I like Green Bay, minus 7 here. And I like Detroit to really have a dud of a week. I know it's fantasy playoffs for our league and a number of other ones. So I would watch out if you have Marvin Jones, if you have Matthew Stafford, uh, play any of those guys. Because I feel like this is something where they had a very emotional win over a divisional rival in, in the Bears. And I feel like they're, you're, you're bound for a letdown here again. Not to shit on the Lions, I feel like I always do, but Green Bay, I feel like it's just, they're really trying to catch up and, and take over in the NFC, and this is a game that really shows if they really step on the Lions' throat that they can do that. Yeah, um, and it, it would be nice to see them do that. The Lions, by the way, playing with a little heart, you know, after the after their their their, their cleaning of house, if you will. Sure, that's a good point, um, too. That's, a, that's a, usually a big spark plug for a team. But that being said, Aaron Rodgers is he 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 puts sparks out. Really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, I'm gonna go her here early. I'm gonna rip this band-aid off pretty quick. And this is tough. I know it's I know it's in Philadelphia. It's a seven point spread for New Orleans. You got a rookie quarterback and Jalen Hurts. You're missing still a lot of players offensively, especially on the offensive line. It's still so beat up against a really good, really just good Saints defense. And Taysom Hill seems to be finding his rhythm with Michael Thomas. Um, you got Alvin Kamara. And you got a Saints team that has to keep up, keep pace, keep ahead of the Packers. And I, I think they're going to hammer the Eagles. Uh, and so I'm just going to take the Saints. I never do this. I'm going to take the Saints to, to cover that seven-point spread against the Birds um, and continue to cement themselves and, and work towards a first round, a critical first round bye. Yeah, to hopefully allow Drew Brees to get helpful. But they, that they're they're a freight train, and I'm 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 we need to get out of the station. So yeah, uh, I'm going I, Saints. I agree with that, and I should clarify: if the Eagles lost by 14 points. The only reason why I'm saying Green Bay let him hang around. Obviously, Jalen Hurts comes in, and gets a touchdown. I feel like that's something that that the Eagles were really dead in the water there, and and the Eagles said it, it caused a spark for them. 
That's what I mean by that. I don't mean that you know, losing by 14 is the Eagles hung in there with the Green Bay Packers. I wanted to uh, clarify that. And I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a similar week. It may even be more deflating when, uh, you know, I don't know who it is that, that goes over the top or Alvin Kamara just shoves it. He might not with the, the front four, but sneaks it around, you know, the, the linebacking core. You know, when Alex Singleton is the Eagles leading uh, leading tackler for the what the sixth time is what it was. Uh, I feel like that's uh, that's concerning. <laughs> yeah, sadly, I agree with you though. I was I was gonna pick that towards the end of the round if you had not uh you had not addressed it yet. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you uh, have gone the Carmigian round or route. Uh, you know it's worked for me, but hopefully it works for you. Hopefully we got a little uh, little surprise. Over to me though. Uh, oh, I'm gonna go Monday Night Football. Browns at or Browns hosting the Ravens, and the Browns really rolling. We obviously talked about Baker Mayfield, a real shellacking of the Tennessee Titans last week, and I know the Ravens are coming in. You know, obviously playing on Tuesday night. They took care of business. Real uh, come come back to uh, to greatness moment. I was about to say come to Jesus, but they there was no there's no coming to Jesus. They they've been walking with. I don't know. I'm trying to get some religious shit in there. Don't need me doing that. But they played very well against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I feel like Cleveland, this is a statement game for them. Obviously, they're two games up on the on the Baltimore Ravens in, the, uh, in their current spot in the AFC North. But that wild card berths, I guess what we call it, those, those five through seven seeds. Currently, Cleveland has it. Baltimore's out. They're the ninth seed. Um, I feel like Cleveland wants to show that, that nothing about that is, is fluky of what's going on with them. Somehow Tennessee has the tiebreaker over Cleveland, uh, according to Yahoo. Strange. Which is very strange, yeah. Um, I feel like that's a – Yahoo just has that backwards. Cleveland should be the four seed. Yeah, Cleveland has a better record. Cleveland's the four seed. But I feel like they want to show that wasn't a fluke. They want to do it against the um, – Yahoo, what are you doing? Um, sorry, I'm fixated <laughs> on that. But no, you're fine. Um, yeah, Cleveland wants to show that was not a fluke. They want to show, hey – the NFC North is tough. We're we're not some doormat like we have been, despite two of our losses being against Pittsburgh. And they think you know they got our number. We want to show that we're we're still here, and we we have a serious opportunity to uh, you know make some serious moves in the NFL, and and maybe maybe even win a playoff round or a playoff game. So I like them here. I like them to uh, technically it is an upset. They're one point dogs. But I like them to win outright against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. The dog pound's gonna be rocking, and I think uh, I think Baker Mayfield's gonna have a really good game. That Baltimore defense, I think, is a little concerning. I feel like Nick Chubb is gonna have a field day. I know that uh, they're that a few of their linemen are a little banged up, and that Nick Chubb and um, what is their tackle's name, who's been banged up throughout the year. Um, why is it escaping? Oh, uh, Conklin. Conklin, thank you. Yeah, um, I know that both of them. There's staggering difference when either of them is in the lineup. But yeah, I just you know I think if Chubb's there, I feel like he can open that up, and the Browns know what to key in. If Miles yeah. Garrett's playing, if he's fully healthy, he has the keys to show the you know to really continue the blueprint that we've seen against Lamar Jackson. So I'm going Browns plus one on Monday Night Football. Uh, first of all, tough for the Browns, right? You go from the Titans to the Ravens. Uh, yeah. Second of all, uh, great Monday night matchup. Awesome. And Browns now, third point. they're going to have two Sorry. primetime games in a row. The Giants-Browns game has been flexed to Sunday Night Football next week. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Nick Chubb is fifth in the NFL in rushing, and he missed, what, five weeks? Yeah. 
four weeks. I mean, unreal, unreal. Still, he still surprises me every time I watch him. I don't think he's going to be as good as he is. Maybe it's just his look. I don't mean. I mean, I hate to say that, but man, he can play. Um, I'm going to go to the other big primetime game, and that's the Steelers going up to Buffalo. Oh, what a sorry, what a fascinating game here. Buffalo is a one and a half point favorite. And I love them. In this I, game. I love them too. They beat the yep. Steelers last year. Remember that in Pittsburgh yep. on Sunday night football. Yep. They got mm-hmm. something over the, over the Steelers. Big Ben did not look good against the Washington football team. Uh, not only that, I, I think too, the air has come out. So you're this undefeated team. You're racing the clearly to me, the best team in football and the chiefs are trying to outpace them to get that key first round by and possibly make Kansas city come to Pittsburgh. You lose it. And now, all of a sudden, you have to go to a really hungry Bills team who is seeing the playoffs and ready to roll, and they are super talented on offense. Josh Allen is playing well beyond anything I thought he could play. Uh, he is one of those guys that has absolutely surprised me. Welcome. Really didn't think Welcome he had to it. the bandwagon of, um, of Josh Allen. But I've, I told you I've all seen year. enough. And, and by the way, does that Stephon Diggs, that trade really worked out well for both oh teams. Oh, my God, um, yeah. And and he is a, he is he is the real deal. But they've got a ton of other talent up there offensively too that they work in really well. And that defense is coming around. Uh, and I still like the Steelers. I still love their defense. And I love I like their weapons offensively, um, especially the receivers. But at the end of the day, I think the Bills are a more complete team that's playing better together. And I love Buffalo to take this one here. Yeah, I do too. I'd still love a Steelers Kansas City AFC Championship game. Um, as great as as great of a story as it would be for the Bills to somehow make it that way like jacksonville a few years ago although i think they're better than that jacksonville team was um it it would be cool but love that pick i'm gonna go to a game that i feel like is closer than it is because of i don't even want to call them anomalies that have happened in south florida but the kansas city chiefs go to miami as a seven point favorite and i feel like a lot of the money i haven't looked at this so i'm just speculating here I feel like a lot of the money might be going on the Dolphins thinking, you know, the, this team's come here and lost. That team's come here and lost. You know, some of those teams didn't turn out to be as good as we thought they were, San Francisco. But Kansas City has been thoroughly dismantling teams. I know Tyree Kill's a little banged up. I know that obviously makes a little bit of a difference. But Travis Kelsey's still there. They still have other wide receivers. And their oh defense, God. I know, has some also has some injury issues. I love that. But Kansas City's going to blow Miami Dolphins out of the water. Chiefs minus seven. This is like the mortal lock of the week, I feel like. Can't wait <laughs> to get freezing cold takes on this. Dolphins are in four. They're in four. But a lot of that's been on their defense. And Patrick Mahomes makes the best defenses look like Pop Warner teams. That's true. And and to your point, um, they they have so much talent offensively oozing. You're starting to see Le'Veon Bell get a little bit more involved and Get to know his offensive lineman better. What happened to Clyde Obviously, Edwards? He's struggling. Um, hitting a little bit of a rookie wall, but there's still talent there. And and honestly, at the end of the day, this was going to be Mahomes' team the whole way. Uh, you got guys like uh, like Robinson out there, who's just an absolute speedster. Sammy Watkins has really settled in in a nice role there when he's on the field. Uh, but you talked about it. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football at this point. Um, and I, George Kittle's injury is helping here, but he's head and shoulders to me. Um. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I will. Uh, I will jump in next. I believe we have what 
one, two, three, four, five more in the, uh, this is my, you got, yeah, I'm right. Okay. Um, couple kind of fascinating games out there. Uh, like fascinating for like some underlying storylines. One to me that's really important is Atlanta going to visit the Chargers. This we're getting close to, I know this team, this, this, this organization respects Anthony Lynn, but when you look at Justin Herbert and the other, the, the talent they have out there, they cannot be a three win football team. Um, and, and they, the showing they put on last week was so embarrassing against the Patriots that I think this is a huge game for these two teams. Um, the fact that the Falcons, excuse me, for the Chargers, the Falcons, they fired their coach. They're moving on. They've actually been really better defensively without Dan Quinn, which doesn't make any sense. Um, they're a really talented football team with a bad record. The Chargers are the same way. I think this is almost a must-win game for the Chargers, and I do think they bounce back here and, and have a great showing against the Falcons. I think it's a high-scoring affair, but I'd like Justin Herbert to get a W here um, and bring the Falcons' defense back to earth. Um, and so I'm taking the Chargers in a small upset at home, technically. Okay. Uh, I, I like that game. Um, it's a fun fantasy game, I think. Yeah, that actually, that should be a really fun fantasy game. Uh, a lot of different players out there. Uh, yeah, that's weird that the Chargers are a, uh, a dog at home. I guess Anthony Lynn's really uh, circled the drain. I don't know what the best way to put that is. Uh, the, and the Falcons have, have been decent since uh, firing Dan Quinn. Um, all right. Yeah, you're right. We have some uh, interesting games out here that are uh, still there. I'm going to go, and I know Matt Rule just announced that uh, Christian McCaffrey will not be playing. It's a real bummer. He was back, and he seemed to be looking good. Yesterday, on, on Wednesday, he had zero problems, then I guess tweaked a quad, and now will not be playing this weekend. That being said, I still like them over the the Denver Broncos. I know they, they looked okay last week, but, you know, I I don't know. I, I really like Carolina here. I know... Uh, some of the receivers are out with COVID, but Denver's not good. I don't think. I mean, they don't travel well, and I don't know. I feel. I feel like Teddy's got the Teddy's got the gall to figure that that out against that type of a team, a defense that really has some struggles. So I'm going with the Panthers minus three and a half. Um, but by the way, you know what would make the Broncos a better team? What? Wentz. Anyway. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Look, my God, it's my quarterback. All right. Um, I, I'll go with my next my next decision here, if, if one will. Um, I, I think another, to your point, a critical playoff race game. You kind of brought up the Giants and then playing the Cardinals. Well, you got another showdown uh, still out in you know, NFC East versus NFC West. It's the Washington football team heading out to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Um, excuse me. Let me restate that. Heading out to Arizona to play the San Francisco 49ers. Um, 49ers have looked way better the past few weeks, even without Garoppolo with Nick Mullins, a quarterback. Why? Debo Samuel and Brandon uh, Ayuk are healthy. They're getting healthier slightly across the board. Uh, Washington has been a great story. Alex Smith, I love it. Um, They've got a great defensive line, but I think Kyle Shanahan uh, is going to be able to do some things here to, to mitigate that great defensive line and really pick on some, some weak secondary players for Washington. I'd like, if it's going to be able to move the ball with quick screens, bubble screens, jet sweeps, getting Devo Samuel involved in the open field. Um, and, and I think that defense can do enough. Fred Warner and co with Richard Sherman. It's a proud defense, even with all the injuries to, 
to really shut down Washington's offense, especially because Antonio Gibson, the running emerging running back, is not playing. I think that's a huge deal. Sherman yeah, I think can help take bigger, away Terry McLaurin. That's the bigger part yeah. of it. I, yeah, and I like – yeah, so if, I, if I'm not going to pick the Eagles, Jordy, I'm going to pick against everybody else. So uh, I'm with you. I like I like the 49ers to beat the Redskins – I'm sorry, the Washington football team in this game. Yeah, we both done it now. Uh, I like this game. I really know, love hard. scoring. I think this is yeah. going to be a real a real snooze of a game at 425 okay. on, on Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Washington's pass offense has actually been really good. Um, I know like you can say a lot of the teams they've been playing and blah, 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 blah. Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, we each get one more pick and then a college game. Ooh, college. Uh, man, we uh, there's a couple games out here we've, we really haven't touched. Um, I'm not going to go back to the Bears well. Because I feel like that's just going to really bite me in the ass like it did last week. So that leaves me with two barn burners, Matty D. Um, Tennessee-Jacksonville, really interesting game. Normally a Thursday night darling of the great color rush jerseys that we've seen in the past. Um, not in the last couple of years, but, you know, back when they had that, before Fox took it over. Um, Tennessee really got shellacked last week. I feel like that's a, uh, a need for coming back and, and having a big win. Uh, I know we said that a lot about the Raiders last week going on the road and, and Jacksonville likes to play teams close and really is playing for something. It seems like a lot of those guys are either trying to play for contracts or for whomever out of there. But I like Tennessee here minus seven. I think this could be very close. It's either, I mean, Jackson, it's either Jacksonville's going to win or Tennessee blows them out of the water. And I, I like the, the latter. I like Tennessee to blow them out. So Tennessee minus seven, I'm gonna lock that in as my final NFL pick. I think it's a weird tip. It's a weird. The line is weird. Seven is a weird line there. I think um, it's a sucker line, and I and I am falling for the sucker bet. It should be like right. four, it should be like four and a half because it's a divisional game. You're thinking the they the Titans just got blown out. Derrick Henry had a shitty week. That he's playing shitty defense. You're thinking, oh, he should have a really good game, and that's why you're willing to give up this many points. But Jacksonville, they're. I'm going to use a, a Matty D word. They're a proud team. They don't like to to get really – they don't like to get blown out, and they like to hang in there. So, um, you know, really – I mean, honestly, they should have won last week against the Vikings, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah, I, this could be really close, but I, I think Tennessee gets it done. Yeah, just to make sure I know the two games that I have left. And I, so you got, the, um, you got the Bears and the Texans and then the yep. Seahawks – and the Jets. And I, do I also turn Dallas-Cincinnati if I wanted it too, right? Oh, well, yeah, you're right. There's 16 games. Yeah, there's so three yes, games there's left. Three yeah, games. Yeah. So let me tell you something. I care less about New York, Jets, Seattle. Seattle's going to win. And I, I could not think of a worse matchup. Now we know why it got flexed. Dallas versus Cincinnati. Um, so let's talk about Houston-Chicago. Because Chicago is just... <laughs> For all of those who thought we should have kept Nick Foles, I'm sorry, but he can't even win the starting job over Mitch Trubisky. Like, uh, I don't know what else to say other than that. They have been – I've never seen a team have a better record and be as bad as they are. They're five and seven. That's incredible to think about. And they have lost – I think they may have lost six games in a row. I'm going to double-check this right now. I'm 95% sure that I am correct. Which team are you talking about? They have managed – the Bears. I think they've lost six games in a row. Yes, they have. They were they were and, five yeah. and one, and now they're five and seven. Um, and here's why I like Houston here, because the Bears well we are great defense. They got over 400 yards last week to the Lions. 
when they needed their defense to step up the most in the second half after getting out to a decent start, their defense didn't step up. This offense has major issues. Uh, they've got some talent. If you think about it, about Allen Robinson, um, I know David Montgomery maybe isn't a great running back, but he's still there. Um, you know, but but still, this offense is 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 absolutely struggling. Their defense is supposed to be the strength. They're supposed to be. They, they said they didn't want to be compared to the '85 Bears. They're, trust me, they're not being compared to the '85 Bears. I, I'm I'm in shock by how bad this defense has been this year. Um, and again, in key situations, not stepping up. Houston is a wounded is a, a wounded lion. You know, it, they've just been there. There's so much talent there when you think of when you think of Sean Watson. Um, I think they've got enough to get over the hump here. They still have a very strong defense. With no Will Fuller, certainly hurts. Um, moving forward, but I think they've got enough weapons defensively to, I mean, offensively, excuse me, to put up some points here and, and beat a, and send, send Chicago to their seventh straight loss. And I think Matt Nagy's firing. Yeah. I think he, I think his job is, uh, I don't think it's been safe. I think his play calling has been absolutely atrocious. The way that that whole quarterback room has been handled and how he very clearly did not like the roster that he inherited. Um, I mean, he did a lot with it in his first year, but I, I think he's really mismanaged this team through a lot of this. And I know obviously you mortgage a lot getting Cleo Mack and all that. And, and you can say that a lot about what happened to the bears and where they are now. Uh, but a couple of those losses last week is, is the really bad one, but you didn't think you were beating green Bay, Minnesota, a couple weeks back, probably shouldn't have lost that one. Somehow you put up 23 on Monday night football or Sunday, was it Sunday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints? And, uh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's – I don't know, man. It's it's one of those that you just got to – you got to go back to the drawing board and see where they can get it. I know that's another one that a lot of Bears fans have said, oh, I'd love Carson Wentz after he got benched. But I don't know, man. If you, if you still have Matt Nagy there, I don't know if you want Carson Wentz because that's a – I feel like that's just a place to – that confidence goes to die, let alone just – skill yeah and uh it's amazing <laughs> just, just, just i think the nuttiest <laughs> thing is how he basically got his way with so many different players really outside of mitch trubisky and what does he have to show for it you know it's like mm-hmm. there's there's smart trades that have happened like in your ch- defensive chip kelly you know the eagles when how he got back control of the team they did a lot with the chip kelly moves and what you know chip getting his way did and how much or how little you want to put that on Chip Kelly, I think you and I differ, but there is something there. There's not a lot that Matt Nagy or anybody else that takes over the Bears could do with a lot of the moves that Matt Nagy's made. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what the correct answer is. I was really close to taking them, but I'm not going to. So, you're going to Houston plus one? On Houston plus one. Yeah, I like that. I like that pick a lot. Um, like, this should be a Bears layup, but it, it's not going to – or minus one, actually – but um, yeah, it's it's not going to be it's going to be a weird game. Um, I would love another David Montgomery huge week though. He's had a couple great weeks last couple weeks despite some shitty Bears games. Uh, college football. Let's look at this. Um, I'm going to go on kind of a weird week. Hmm. Uh, there was a game that I saw that was really interesting. I am going to go Miami minus three three and a half. Um, North Carolina has not stepped to the plate when they've played huge teams. Miami. Uh, their defense has looked interesting. I know they've kept teams in it, and I feel like that's why this is a three-and-a-half-point line. I know there's some injuries there, but I like this game being kind of uh, hidden within the a large slate of, of very good games. So I'm going to go with Miami 
minus three and a half on a Saturday afternoon game. Okay. Okay. I, I don't I think I don't have a choice here. And I gotta pick I gotta pick a game that is completely flown under the radar for everyone this year. But it is still on. The rivalry still happens, but it happens very differently this year. The Navy midshipmen sail north up to West Point to play Army on Saturday at Army. So the game happens, and I'm so excited for this because it's great tradition. Obviously, a little different, again, being up at Army and not that uh, usually it's in Philly. And, um, but um, Army is really good this year, two-loss team. And Navy has not been as good as they have been maybe five years ago. So I'm picking Army to win. But I just wanted to shed some light at a great, at a great, a great tradition, and and to honor our servicemen and women. Um, that it's always such a fun thing to see the the flyovers and the pageantry and the and the the coolness. And I know it'll obviously all be a little subdued this year because of COVID, but very very cool to see Army and Navy still happening this Saturday. Um, so I'm not going to pick a side here because that wouldn't be fair. I've got people I know that have been in the Navy, and I have people I know that have been in the Army. Hope it's a great game. I think objectively, Army is the better football team, and they win this game. But uh, great to see it still happening, and it'd be cool to see it at West Point. So, um, just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Um, my dad was in the Army, so we're a big Army family. Uh, so, yeah, I like say that. it. Go Army, beat Navy. You can say it. Go Army, beat Navy, baby. Uh, but that's gonna do it with picks, Matt. Anything else that we got to talk about? Um, the Phillies hired Dave Dombrowski. Are you ready for them to trade away everybody? I mean, I'm not, the, no, I'm, all the just, farm players. Yeah, whenever they're ready, get, get me a team that can work around Bryce Harper. If I'm Bryce Harper, why the heck did I sign a, third, a you know, a ten year deal here to thirteen years or whatever years. it is to, to have us not we sign JT Realmito and not bring in talent to actually help me win? So yeah, I mean, I, I, it's better than it's been. I think it's a great opportunity for us. He's a good, he's a a good general manager, smart butt office guy. I think he does the right things for us. And uh, let's hope. Um, him and Girardi get the, sh- the ship right, and we can have some some good Phillies baseball for once. Um, we we'll love it, you know. And then we we were going to try one of the guests we were going to try to have come on is our buddy Ryan Kiefer, who you guys may remember from last year. Talk about the NHL's potential return, and Greg was going to try to do that as well. Uh, we'll we'll cover that in more depth in another podcast once we learn a little more. But it should be kind of interesting to see the weird realignment and ESPN forgetting about the Flyers. So you know, we at least have that going right now, Matty D. Yeah, exactly. There you go. But no, my, my, you know, sadly, I'm still felt now because of what's happening with my Eagles, I'm still, still stuck uh, paying so much attention to them there. So, um, Sixers so start yeah. soon. Look, the Sixers love what I've seen so far. We'll see how it goes, but I have loved what I've seen so far. <laughs> Love it, Matt. Well, that's going to do it. And we are going to, we'll be back. Next week with uh, another great show. Hopefully, actually have a guest picker instead of everybody falling through at the last minute. Maddie, thank you as always. Oh, it's been a great time. I love talking football <laughs> with you. It was a great episode because of the cars and stuff. Sorry, I thought you were going to continue there. You threw me off. But it's no, 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 it's okay. I, um, I kind of left it there. I got a, a text. Apparently, during this whole Disney Plus reveal, there's been a new trailer for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I got an urgent text from my fiance to go watch it. Oh, uh, you got to watch it. You got to get on it. You yeah, will. So, not yeah, time, time to go watch that, make some dinner, all that good stuff. Maddie D, I'll catch you next week. Everybody have a great sure. weekend. Hopefully we make some money. Fly, Eagles, fly. Have a good one.